0: Welcome back, my friends, to The Sweet Spot, where IT leaders share their insights with other IT leaders and others who want to lead. My name is Carlos Vargas, and I'm your host. And as every week, I have here with me my two co-hosts, Howard Holton and Paul
1: Lewis. Hey, guys. Hey there. How How's this
2: week? It's been hot. Interesting.
1: Very, very <laughs> hot.
2: It's hot 40 for you, degrees. too. We hit we hit uh, 99 degrees here like three days in a row, nice. which is wicked hot for you know 6,000 foot elevation.
1: <laughs> I'm glad I have a pool. It's given me something to jump into.
2: Yeah, I wish I had enough space for a pool. That mm. would be that would be very nice. I want I want enough space to have a riding lawnmower and a pool. Mm. That would make me happy. We just turn on the sprinklers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
1: Fire hydrant outside.
0: So. This week's topic is a very good one, active versus passive communication. We all communicate, but in different ways. So, Howard, active versus passive communication.
2: Yeah, so this, this topic uh, kind of comes out of one of the many rants that I do, right? Um, Paul often likes to say, especially in kind of the, the, the pre-chat we do before these podcasts, Wait, 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 don't go into that. Save it, for, save it for a podcast, save it for a podcast. And this one came up a few weeks ago um, and we thought it'd be a really good topic for a podcast. It's gonna be a little different because it's, it's a fairly heavy rant. Um, but uh, I'd like to talk for a few minutes about the different types of communication we have. And, and in COVID, I think it's even more important that we understand them. Um, If you're interested in politics, I think it's even more important that we understand them, especially with kind of some of the current political things that are going on. So, um, there are two ways human beings communicate. We have active communication and passive communication. Active communication is literally the communication that takes place between two people in person. And 400,000 years of human evolution, right, we've only had the telephone for about 150 of those years. Right. Before that, and it, and it really has been less than a hundred that we've really had it like it, it was invented, but we haven't really had the telephone. Kind of kind of interesting. Uh the, the number one Im- employer of women, the first large major employer of women was AT&T. Do you know why? I find this so fascinating. Do you know why?
1: It was During war times and those are the only resources available to you?
2: No, because um, you, had, you had to have an operator. You couldn't dial a number, right? You picked up the phone and said, Hey, operator, connect me to Williamson. One, two, one, one. Right. Um, prior to hiring women, they hired teenage boys. And if you ever want to see absolute chaos in motion, give teenage boys access to control all communication over the telephone (laughs) and see what happens. Right. So, uh, AT&T had a massive problem and immediately said, we can no longer employ teenage boys. This may have been a mistake we now need to employ 30 to 80,000 people overnight. How do we do that? Well, you can't do that employing anything other than people who are previously unemployed. Right. Right. And so they, they really changed the market by saying overnight we now need, you know, 30 to 80,000 people let's hire women. Cause I'm sure a lot of them would like to get out of their house and get away from the teenage boys that were firing. Fair enough. Um, But if you think about uh, like active communication again, right, it's person, it's in person, person to person communication. It's very dynamic. We pick up on, on all the subtle cues that come along with it from body language to intonation, rate of speech, uh, micro expressions, right, all of those inform our ability to interpret the context and nuance of what the person is saying. We're very, very, very good at that. Everything else is passive communication. And, and I say that for a very specific reason. The traditional passive communication is a letter. And I don't know if you've ever read a letter from the Civil War, but there were these glory, and, and it was like the Civil War is not unique. Uh, they're just, we have saved a lot of them um, because there were so many being written, right? But there were these very like floral, deep meaning letters, right? Dear Martha, it's cold out here on the front. You know, <laughs> Antietam was rough, but we got through it. I lost a lot of good friends that day. And all I can hope for is to see your beautiful face. How is our child? I haven't seen him in four years. You know, like these, yeah. these real deep involved things. Um, what you never read in a letter from the Civil War and earlier was, you know, that thing you did Tuesday really sucked. And I really wish you had not done that. LOL. Right. Because, well, because it took a week to get a letter. Right. Maybe two weeks. Right. So if you put that thing you did Tuesday was untoward, and I found it embarrassing, and I wish you wouldn't do it again. Someone's going to open that and read that and go, "What the hell did I do on Tuesday? What Tuesday is this person even talking about?" I have no recollection of Tuesday. How many Tuesdays right. ago was this? I don't even know. Right? Um, you took time to compose a letter because it took time to arrive, and then the person would read the letter and take time to respond to the letter in kind of the same fashion. Like right. we all understood the time component. And because of that, we also understood it's not active communication. And thus you have to be really, really clear in what you write in a letter. You can't allow nuance to really play. You can't really allow subtext to overly play the way you do in in-person communication.
1: And you can't ask questions, you can't double click, you can't, Nothing.
2: <laughs> Nothing, not, you know, it's, it's not
1: it's, a conversation.
2: Correct, it is all self-contained within those pages and therefore everything must be on the page. It's very difficult to even reference something without referencing the totality of the thing you're referencing on the paper, right? And that is, in fact, passive communication. Now, the problem is as communication has become faster and faster, we've started to replace active communication with passive communication without taking into consideration the fact that we've switched to passive communication, Hmm. right? So think about how many times you've received an email or reported. I'm famous for this. You reply to an email, right? And you just use a couple words like, cool, thanks. Okay, sounds good. No, right, whatever it is. You don't mean to have a tone. There was, no necessarily, there was not necessarily a tone when you did it. You were simply being expedient. And the other person reads it and goes, wow, that person's a real dick. <laughs> right.
1: Right?
2: Or, gee, Howard's in a bad mood today. Right. Right? But if you take 30 more seconds, and you apply some details, some context and some nuance in word form, all of that goes away. You say exactly the same thing and yet all of it goes away because you transition from active communication where I'm actively responding to a thing to passive communication, which is much more thoughtful and drawn out and designed to completely stand on its own.
1: So where's the line, right? There's lots of communication technology. So is IM versus Slack versus a blog versus a video conference versus an email. Like, is it, it obvious which one you use
2: based on the media? Or yes, is it? it absolutely is. It's okay. really, really easy. 400,000 years doesn't trump 20 years. Hmm. So in-person communication, 100% active. Sure. You could be as short form as you as you feel you need to. People are going to get from your body language and from micro expressions kind of what you intend. Right. The further you drift away from that the more passive it becomes, and thus the more active a participant you are required to be, right? right. So if it's email, that's probably the most passive we get today. We don't really write letters anymore, right? Text would be next, instant messenger would be next, telephone follows that, video conference follows that, and then you have Mm in-person, right? But it also means you need to interpret things and you must absolutely acknowledge that that this is in fact passive communication. What we're doing now is in fact passive communication. And I say that not because I can't see you, not because I can't hear you, not because I can't pick up on some body language, right? But because I can't actually pick up on all the body language, the frame rate's not fast enough for for me to pick up on microexpressions. And 94% of communication is nonverbal.
1: And just the context alone, in as much as I can see the bookshelf behind you, I can't see if there's an audience in the room Right i can't sure. see if I can't see if it's raining out there. I can't see if you know you're you're stressed in some other way because there's a flood
2: there's two inches of water you're standing in right there's an infinite number of things that play into it yeah right. you can't see like if I'm looking here, you can't see if I'm looking at the camera which is here or if I'm actually looking over here right like you'd like to be able to think that but but let's be honest, we're pretty good about using you know using visual uh tricks to distract without looking like we're distracted, especially six months into using zoom all the time. <laughs> right. Right? There are many times I'll be on a zoom call and I'll be like this and you can't, you don't see my phone. My phone is, is it's right here. <laughs> right? It looks like I'm looking at the screen. No, not looking at the screen at all, paying no attention to it. Right. And that's just simple engagement problems. And then to your point, you don't know if I'm not wearing shoes, standing in two inches of, of water where I'm going on and off mute to yell at the construction crew that I have here that's trying to pump water out of my house, <laughs> right. right? Or you know, the cops are banging on the door and I keep, I, I, I'm on mute so you can't tell and I look like I'm engaged, right? And none of those things are guarantees. And yet the, the bummer about the whole mess is the human brain is so good at faking us out because the human brain only has those two forms of communication. It doesn't have a third one. It doesn't have a kind of active. It doesn't have a not really in-person mode. It's right. 400,000 years of evolution that forms the neural pathways in the brain that say, this is active, this is passive. And it, what's even worse is when we hear a voice, we, our brain, the dumb brain, actually goes, oh, active communication, I know what I'm doing. And it's why, and, and I realize that you know video chat doesn't help with this, but every time you've talked to someone on the phone, you visualize that person. right? right? Like you call your wife, And not only do you know where your spouse is when they answer the phone, it's a cell phone. You don't know that they're at home anymore. We don't have landlines anymore. Right. Um, like we had a landline for six years, never, never used it. Not one time. we called each other's cell phone. Um, but, but you knew what room of the house they were in, how they were standing, holding the phone and what they were doing. Right. Like you can visualize that. You can see that in your mind. Right. And we do that absolutely unfailingly. We don't do that because it's a fun trick right we don't do that because we're we're unique individuals every single human does that because your brain goes oh active communication therefore i should i should see the person they look like this they're standing like this they're holding the phone like this right you build this whole movie in your in your mind because that's how your brain handles active communication and it's why so it's is, always such a shock when someone when you meet someone for the first time that you've talked to on the phone 10 times and they don't look like what you think right
1: so a big distinction is video cuz because i know that um, I do things very differently based on whether I'm video or not. So I'll give you some examples. So if I'm on stage presenting, it's it, that's a comfortable experience for me uh, because I'm looking at people. I can see their reception of the content. Uh, there's a deck behind me that I never reference, but I'm clicking through it just because I've memorized the words. Uh, but I can I can almost it's almost like I'm having a conversation with one or two of the people in that thousand person However, if I'm doing a presentation in a video conference, it's almost impossible for me to present both on video and the deck. It's almost impossible for me to present to this screen and show you in this other window this deck. I actually have to turn off the video in order for actually, for me to be effective or, or I get distracted myself.
2: Yeah, I have to hide the video.
1: Yeah, um, And then and then, if I'm talking about something creative, I'm actually far more creative. I have found, or far more articulate. I have found off video. So, a podcast, an audio-only podcast, um, I'm coming up with some some interesting rants and some uh, audio clips that you know you should be able to tweet out, where I don't have that sort of top-of-mind, quick, fast-paced response when I'm on video. Oh, so- that's interesting.
2: I, I don't. I don't experience that. But, but I do this, right? I'm no longer looking at the video, and I'm kind of like, it's actually, I've kind of gone out of focus. Like, the world has kind of gone out of focus, right? I stopped focusing. Right. Um, but yeah, so, so this, this topic, like, I, I put a lot of thought into this, right? And the reason I started looking at this was actually, um, and I don't mean to get political, that's not the point, it was, it was work-related, but it was um, police shootings. Hmm. Analyzing the video from police shootings, because the, the um, camera is here. It's a body cam. That's why they call it a body cam. It's not a forehead cam, right? right. Um, and you've got arms out like this, right? So here, I'll lower it so you can still see my face, right? Looks like I'm looking at you. Now, now where am I looking? Right, right. Right? Because the fact is, the officer saw something in his peripheral vision that looked like a threat. Right. Officer still has to analyze that threat, right? Still a person right in front of him. They analyze that threat, they, and they're no longer looking here. They catch movement out of the corner of their eye. They look back, the person's reaching for something or has their hands in a different position or now has something in their hands they didn't have before, and they open fire. Right. Right? All that you've seen is this. You don't see any different. Your perspective hasn't changed. The officers did. Does this move my chest?
1: Nope.
2: nope. Of course not. Right? But you don't catch any of that. And we miss all of that nuance. We miss all the context, but for us as the audience, we look at it and we go, this guy, that guy was obviously not making a threatening movement. Right? After the fact. After the fact. Now, what if it's the other person's eyes change? They're standing within seven feet of each other, right? They're standing within 21 feet of each other, which is also very easy to see. Um, And instead of looking at you, the, the perpetrator's eyes go from looking directly at you, right? I'm staring at the camera now, to this. What are you going to do? The officer's going to go, what's over okay. my shoulder? What are, you, what are you looking at? Now they turn back, and again, hands have moved.
1: Because there's obviously a, a zombie shot. behind you, right?
2: Right. Or this guy has a co-conspirator. Right. right. This right. guy has, has another member of his group or gang or, or affiliation that's coming to help him. Right. Right? I need to be aware of what's going on. And so the officer turns to look. Chest still doesn't move because, you know. And looks back, and again, guys' hands have moved. He's just, he's grabbed a cell phone. Right. I don't care that it's not actually threatening. The fact is, in the eighth of a second, in the milliseconds necessary to reacquire that target, things have changed. And I'm not saying it happens that way all the time, not by a long stretch. Right. But when we look at those things, that tends to be the defense that's used. That tends to be, when they investigate, that tends to be what happens. Um,
1: So, what's the advice? like i like i can appreciate active passive valuable in circumstances and you've got to you know pick the right medium for the right communication but what's the like what what are the three things i need to remember consider
2: so the the three things that you must consider is number 1 everything that's not in person is some form of passive has has some percentage of mental passive communication right it's not about your participation it's literally about how your brain interprets the data and so the further you get away from in-person, the longer you should wait and the more prescriptive you should be about, about framing a response. Mm-hmm. Right? And you should simply accept two things. One, I'm going to be misinterpreted. I'm going to be misinterpreted more the further away from active communication we get. And I'm probably going to misinterpret the other person So give them a lot more credit than I normally would. Right. Okay. So with all this that have happened through COVID,
0: is there something that people should be looking so they don't get into those troubles?
2: I think it goes to that, right? I think it, I think it literally goes to um, you really have to take a moment and recognize that you're not getting, even though you think you're getting a clear picture, even though your brain is saying, Oh, this is perfect. This is video. It's, it is life. It is truth. The fact is it's neither of those things. It's neither life nor truth, right? Uh, It's a great example. Right now, neither one of you are looking at me, but both of you are actually looking at me, right? Right. Neither of you are looking at your camera. So to me, it looks like I don't have your attention. And yet I know because we've worked together so much that you're both looking at your screen, which means looking at my face, Right. right? Looking at a camera is not actually being engaged. You're staring at some inanimate object listening only no right. longer using the visual cues that we just talked about as part of active communication. Right. Right. And you're, so you can you're see you're six really inches away how, from the camera. Yeah. Right. And you see really quickly how, how just that little difference and you felt it, as soon as I said it, everybody looks up cause they're like, Oh crap.
1: I You caught me.
2: But instantly <laughs> you, you know. also have to recognize that you're like, okay, now, now I have to be that much more engaged because I can no longer, I can't use visual cues. I can't try to read Howard's lips. To help fill in information that I may miss, because sometimes he talks fast, right? Right, like it becomes so much harder. It's exactly what we're talking about. The reality is, if we were in person, you could stare at my f- whole face, read my lips, and it would look like we're engaged, and I would have so no problem with it.
1: We've had we've had two problems with this the last quarter. Uh, we've had way more um, passive communication at work, but then on the other side way too much active participation in our media family that is very true <laughs> yeah. wasn't it great if we could just send some texts right and say here's a list i need you to get this here's a to-do item that was way
2: better and i would say it's even it's infinitely more complicated now because you really have a drastic difference between um those who are traditionally extroverted and those who are traditionally introverted mm-hmm. Um, I use those terms because the technical definition and the um, conical definition are different, right? The, the, okay. the, the definition we use in, in, commu- in, in general communication is someone who is extro- extroverted is someone who likes to communicate, someone who likes to talk, someone who prefers in person as much as possible or as close as they can get. Right. And an introvert is the opposite. An introvert prefers not to communicate, does not like to talk, does not like to speak, and likely wants to communicate via email or text, right? Or chat, You're kind of in that reverse order. right, well, we're kind of in that order, I mean, right? Um, and the fact is, uh, we kind of are allowing people to lean into active passive communication habits that aren't necessarily good, right? E- even good leaders, we go, however you want to communicate is how I will communicate with you. Right. But without this kind of understanding, without this kind of context, I think you're opening yourself up for more trouble, not less. How do I get an, ad, ad, an accurate feeling to your mental state, to your mental health, to your morale via text message, via email?
1: Yeah, it, it's impossible. It's just tasks at that point or updates at that point or requests. I mean, yeah.
2: if you think about it, you never have a meeting with your therapist over email. Right. Right. They don't bill by the by the word. Right. Right. Um, and, and they don't have you meet in person simply because it, it makes the billing easier. They have you meet in person because all of that subtext that's contained is only available in person. Right? Right. Um, and it's entirely too easy. Hey, so how are you feeling today? Good.
1: So then, even though we talked about not including it in this rant, <laughs> let's, t- let's talk about active and passive leadership. Or at least communication within that leadership.
2: So, well,
1: is it? Well, I think the next part now? Is, Go I
2: ahead. I think the next it. part is actually active versus passive styles of communication, because this—it's ah, okay. this different. Like what we talked about was literally how your brain interprets those things. Right. But there's also we have replaced almost all of of what I would what I would what I would say is a different type of passive communication, by which I mean you're not taking an action to affirmatively communicate a point. Hmm. If I type up an email, I'm taking an action to affirmatively communicate a point. Same with a text, same with a call. Those right. are, like, I set out with the mission to do that, even if it's four clicks. It's not a big mission. It's not a long mission, right? We're not, we're not storming the beaches of Normandy. <laughs> but, but there was a lot that we did in the office that, that doesn't have that sense of activity contained within it. Right? And we've talked about this before. All of the water cooler chat right Mm -hmm. there's no sense of action associated with it so what do we call that i don't have a better thing to call it other than a form of passive communication but it's not technically correct right but as leaders and and this kind of is where we tail right into that that leadership right as leaders we relied on that as a key skill in our toolbox in our tool belt right to see how does the office work how are things occurring Mm -hmm. right as teams we used that a lot when we ran into roadblocks. Right. And the more knowledge worker you are, the more you use that tool, and the, the, the less you have that tool available to you now. Right. Right? I can't remember the number of times, especially when, you know, early, earlier on in my career, when I sat as a cubicle monkey, right? Um, being able to look to the person next to me and go, hey, Lynn, I, I cannot for the life of me remember the name. What's, what's that IP address? What's that host name? What's that right. thing? Where did we, where did we install that? I know we moved that application. Where did we move that application to, right? I know we changed that user account to make it more secure, right? What did we change that account to? You don't believe don't that guy said
1: that notes. thing in that meeting.
2: Right, right. <laughs> um, like the ability to kick something back and forth. I don't want, I, I have to put notes in a ticket and close, you know, and, and complete my task on the ticket, right? Close out the ticket. So it gets sent to the next person for their tasks. But I could also just turn and go, hey, I just want to, you know, I sent that thing over to you. If you can go ahead and do your part and then send it back, it'll take three or four minutes. Now I'm waiting two and a half hours because I don't have the ability to do that as as conveniently, as easily, and as simply. Right.
1: You can't interrupt somebody and inject yourself into their process.
2: Right. Um, It it leads to feelings of disconnection too.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Right. As a leader, and and it doesn't matter what level of leader you are, right, Um, I didn't have to tell everyone everything that was happening because the, the little communication game, a telephone that goes on generally told people. Yeah. Right. Hey, we're rolling out this new thing. Okay, cool. How do you know we're rolling out this new thing? Cause we just talked about it. And then Bob talked to Tim and Tim talked to Sandy and Cindy talked to Lucy and Lucy talked to Paul and now yeah. everybody knows. Right. Versus now I actually have to send an email to everybody. I have to remember who are all the stakeholders that I don't even know about.
1: Yeah, I distinguish those two as being the round robin communication versus the federated communication. You know, I'm, I'm used to going cubicle to cubicle, looking over a shoulder, you right. know, giving real-time advice, blah, blah, blah. And now I have determined that this thing is 17 different steps and I've divided and conquered with 10 people and then bring it back to see if, in fact, all came together.
2: Yep, that is a very different style. And we all have to do it right? Because just because you would tap on everybody's shoulder doesn't mean you actually talked, ever talked to all of the people that needed to be informed. Right. Right. Which now means if I send an email to all 17 people that I would talk to, I then have to make sure that they send the email to the 17 people they would talk to that aren't obviously duplicative, right? But, but they're going to have stakeholders that I wasn't even necessarily aware of. And it was, it was you know, the business, IT to business communication often happened that way. We didn't. We didn't necessarily use official communication channels. Yeah, the project manager would talk to the people working on the project, who would talk to the their business contact and go, "Hey, this thing is coming. Hey, we're doing this thing. Hey, we're rolling this thing up. Right? formal informal stuff. Yep. Be, right? um, and that was far easier when we were in person because we could basically raise a flag and raise another flag. Right? Mm-hmm. Hey, I didn't see you leave your desk, but I know. Did you go talk to sales on the second floor? Did you go talk to HR? Did you go talk to right? Right. Um, we no longer have that ability, and I and I and I think that the onus once again falls on all of us to kind of remember that, that all of that convenience, all that casualness that we had before, right. Is now gone. Mm -hmm. We No longer have that ability. And so it's why you and I keep talking, um, you know, almost every one of our, especially our early covids, was we would end with a piece of advice. And mine was always make sure you're doing one-on-ones, make sure you're doing one-on-ones, make sure you're doing one-on-ones. Right. Um, And I think That's that's, even so more. it's
1: actually going to get more complex then, right? At some point, we're going to return to the office. And I don't mean everybody for all reason, but there, there, we will eventually get back together in certain circumstances. And therefore, we now have this new mix of pretty deep active and deep passive to which I'm going to have to translate and transition constantly. Whereas right now, it's pretty almost entirely passive. And yesterday it was almost entirely active. Now it's this weird, even more complex mix.
2: Uh, And to your point, it makes it significantly worse, right? Right. And as a leader now, I can't, I very specifically can't be lackadaisical about that return to the office. Mm. I cannot say, hey, we support whatever works for you. I cannot do it Uh, without adding a layer over top of that that says, these are the things I must do with each of my employees to ensure the employee is healthy. These are the things I must do with the whole team to ensure the team is healthy. I agree. That, gap.
1: The team is a big gap. Like it, like, I'm not saying it's easy to, to instruct people one-on-one and to see, see whether they're, you know, mentally healthy, but sometimes the team unit needs to be together, right? We need to jointly create something that doesn't exist. We're taking a blank whiteboard and, you know, using sticky notes and creating something new, which you can't do in a federated state. There's no federated creativity It <laughs> doesn't exist. No, so and, how, do we, how do we transition so that there is a little bit of the, the in-person creativity and the federated doing other work and communication? It's going to, it is not going to be an easy transition to what this new normal is going to look like.
2: It's not going to be easy in both the effort required, the time it's going to, in, in, in all of, the effort required, the time it's going to take, and the cost. Yeah. Right? Long term, I think it's going to be significantly less expensive. And, and if I'm being honest, like today, what I would recommend is don't, don't just go back to an office that's configured the same way your office was when you left. Right. Right. Um, because that's not really what we should be going into the office for, especially if we're knowledge workers. Right. Right. But I would argue even task workers, even task workers are more efficient and effective at home. So rather than a 50, 50 return, think about something more along the lines of a 20, 80 return,
1: Hmm.
2: right? Have 20% in the office and have that the 20% that's at there, that's there at the same time change maybe weekly, right? So, so let's say your day is Monday this week. It's Wednesday next week. And it's Friday the week after. And that way you get to see a mix of different people that are part of the same team. Right. And those days, the KPI should be different, right? Those days, especially if you're a task worker, your KPI should be drastically different because the goal of those days is to ensure solid morale as an individual and solid team building and team morale as a group. Team education too. Yep, all of that, right? This is when we're gonna teach you the new thing, this is when we're gonna introduce the new thing, but also maybe we don't have cubicles, Right. right? Maybe that day when we come in, We're we're actually going from group to group to group to learn new things, to communicate, to kind of refresh our feeling of unity, right? And togetherness and not just, I'm now doing the same thing from a different space. That's not efficient, it's not effective. It's very hard to get into a habit and a pattern. Um, And if that's the goal, frankly, you're better off just continuing with work from
1: home. Mm There's another dimension here that's making it even more complex. And that dimension is the talent pool, right? So now that I've decided I don't need to hire within the city, I'm going to hire within the tri-city or within the state or within the tri-state or within the country. It's much more likely going forward that it, it's not as easy to bring people together in a single office. That I have dozens of people across the entire country. Well, then, the, then it's a logistical nightmare to say, how do we do some sort of in-present you know, in presence conversation.
2: Well, and 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 how do we handle um, meetings where a significant portion of the people are remote, and right. yet we need to try to involve them as much as though they're physically there as we can. Right. Right. And and that's probably going to be the hardest because, like, it used to be a thing where, okay, I, you know, I have a I have a, a team at some uh, at at kind of every weekly meeting um anywhere from 10% to 30% of the people were out of the office. Right. For the variety of reasons that that occurs, right? Sure. Either the team's built that way or the team's not built that way it doesn't matter, right? And yeah. so it was okay to have people call in. Because the fact is they're probably in the office often enough that it doesn't break team team dynamic to have that happen. Right. They're mixing in at some point, just not right. today. Yeah. Right. But, but if that changes to this is the key point that they all mix in, that's probably not acceptable. It's probably not going to be acceptable to say, you can take this call in your car. It's probably not going to be acceptable that you take the call on your way to, or from a location, or that you take it at a coffee shop even, right? Right? It's probably much more important that the call occurs when you're at a, a desk of some sort, home desk, office desk, doesn't matter that you have your video camera on, that yeah. you're relatively uninterrupted for that period of time, and that you're able to engage and focus on the team meeting.
1: So we, ne- we need um, your attention. You don't have to be here, but we need the same level of attention you would normally give if, in fact,
2: you were here. Yes. Yeah. But, but I would also say you can't then just go on rants like I just did. <laughs>
1: right.
2: right? Like you have to involve the whole team. You have to make it a true discussion. Right. And you have to make sure that people are being active in that discussion and I would, and not at the end, like the whole thing, right? The best way I know to do that is less than a third of the way through, let's say 10 minutes in to a 30 minute meeting or five minutes into a 30 minute meeting, you literally go around the horn. You go around the table, you go to every single person that's on the video chat and you say, this is the topic, I'd like your thoughts. Right. And even if they say, everyone else has already said what I said, that's cool. Cause next time you go around, you're gonna start with whoever you ended with last time. That's right. And nobody, wants to have nothing to say twice.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Bad karma. Right? And you're not picking on them if you literally go to every person. Right. Right. Um, so I think it's a change for everyone. Right. Um, but the positives are the cost reduction and the availability can be enormous. People mm. can work when they're more productive. Right. They can work exactly. in the way that they're the most, produ- most productive. They can really kind of balance their own um, kind of mental health versus productivity versus, you know, driving value to the company. Um, it also means I can reduce my overhead significantly by reducing my office space at 200 square foot per person per month and an average cost of $2 per square foot per month. That gets really, really expensive. Yep. Right, and there's a hundred million, we have a hundred million people working about half of those are in the office. It's 120, about 60 million of those are in the office, right? It's a five to $10 billion savings a year to reduce that by 5%, right? That's an enormous savings. And I can also hire from wherever the person is. And if they're in a lower cost of living area, I can overpay them for the area, but underpay them for where I'm physically located. We both make out really well. And the chances are, because I'm willing to do that and I'm willing to do that early um, if the jobs in that area are not easy to get I've probably also have an employee that's going to be more loyal right right I mean I don't I don't I don't like to use desperation as a tool but <laughs> facts are facts right if if I can bring 10 jobs to an area where 10 jobs is a big deal I'm going to find loyal employees I'm going to have more of my pick yep. of the litter as it were than you know than if I didn't and if the job pays $40,000 in Denver, right, and it can pay 32000 in Kansas, I'm probably, I'm going to be better off for that. Yeah, over and time, your average your
1: median employee cost, all-in cost is significantly lower.
2: Right. Yep. And, and yet I'm able to pick, and then I also have the ability to turn that on for the employees that are in, I'm going to continue to use Denver as an example, right? Yep. I can then go, hey, just so you know, like, You have a family, you have a life, you have goals. If one of your goals is to move to someplace else, you are welcome to do that. All of our KPIs shift to a full work from home. All of our tools shift to a full work from home. Like you understand how that works. Whether you're 20 miles away or a thousand miles away, doesn't matter. Uh, I read uh, this morning that Barbados is offering
1: a full year of, of value if you come and work from Barbados. If you come work from Barbados, you'll get. Hey Jen,
2: you want to go to Barbados?
1: You get discounted housing. You get free internet. You get a whole sort of blanket list of things. Uh, they think mm. they're going to be the work from home center
2: of uh, the world. Don't they get hurricanes? Does Barbados get hurricanes? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's only a couple months a <laughs> year. Ah. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, Barbados sounds interesting, right? There's there 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 For a long time, there have been um, small towns that have, that have reenacted their homesteading laws, mm. right? Where if you come to the town and you live for a year, you own the property. Nice. Right, or you live for five years. Like you build a structure and live in it for five years, you own it, right? Some various piece of, of homestead law. Now, these are places like Midland, Texas, which is one of the only places in the country where you can watch, watch your dog run away for weeks at a time. <laughs> they're so flat, you can see them forever. So
1: how are you wrapping this topic? What's, what's, yeah. uh, what's the envelope here?
2: I, I think ultimately, um, if you've stuck with us this long. <laughs> if you're still listening. Right? If you're still listening, um, I hope we've given you some uh, context to the nuance of our new normal. I hope we've given you some tips to help you kind of manage in this new normal and understand how sometimes you're getting a different reaction or seeing a different personality than what you saw in the office. The fact is the personality probably hasn't changed. It's just our ability to send and receive the information has changed and how our brain interprets it is different. So I hope we've given you a little bit, a little bit more insight into some, some pieces of how the human brain works. Um, and I hope it helps frame your communication moving forward. Well, it's been a
0: very interesting topic today because communication is very important when you do it one-on-one and when you do it with a team. And as always, as we're leading teams, make sure that your team also listens this because it's important for them to grow together and share with your friends, family, and other coworkers. workers so Friends, we'll see you for our next episode.